for me, one of the things was actually when we started working together, that was like a big turning point for me, you know, because it started to see how much I needed her and how much she can like help in the business. And then on the other side, she started to understand how unbelievably difficult it is to be an owner, to run the company, you know, cause like looking at it from an outsider's perspective is one thing. I don't think that you truly understand how difficult it is to run a company until you actually run a company, until you start something from nothing and you invest all your time and energy and money and all these people are relying on you. Like, you might think you know, but you don't really know until you actually do it. Join us in Mixing Business with Pleasure, a podcast about loving your work and working with your love. Your hosts, Mike and Gabby, are entrepreneurs who have found their passion in both their personal and professional relationship. The pair who swore never to work with each other are now working happily together side by side in love, life, and business. Tune in each week as we feature co-founders who are also lovers and are proving that business and pleasure really do mix well together. Welcome to Mixing Business with Pleasure, and we're super excited to have you guys here. We have Chris Martinez and his lovely fiance Oyuki Gallegos with us today on the show. So uh, Chris and Oyuki are from uh, Dude Agency, and you guys provide outsourced web development services to other agencies. Mm -hmm. And we got introduced to you guys through your Dude Summit, actually. So we attended that. That was awesome. You guys have been putting out some really great stuff during COVID and you know, helping a lot of people. So that's been, that's been great. So we like to start the show with kind of two standard questions and then we have standard questions at the end. So the first question here is, what is your favorite four letter word? And we're, we're saying four letter word. This is, this is a podcast about work and love. Work is a four letter word. Love is a four letter word and everything in between. So, so what is your favorite four letter word? It's easy. Well, the first one that I think of is a bad word, so I don't know. If I'm allowed, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Dude, dude, brilliant. Yeah, I would dude never. Is a four -letter I, I would have never thought of that one. <laughs> but yes, it is a four-letter word. Yeah, and it's not, it's well, it's my favorite. I mean, food, taco, like there's a bunch of them, but dude, for for sure, like dude, food. Love it. Okay. Rude. No. <laughs> well, my favorite word would be the F word. <laughs> okay. My favorite four letter word. <laughs> but you know, the second one that comes to mind is probably love. Cause I do love what I do. And obviously I love who I work with. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's the tagline for our podcast. Loving your work and working with your love. Tell us guys, what came first business or love? Business. Definitely business. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't like me. She didn't like me at first. So how did now I, I read in your bio, Oyuki, that you were working at a at a at an organization, Sabera said. I think it's a, a VA company, is that correct? Is it what? A VA uh, company? Kind, kind of. They okay. they do baseball. Well, how would you describe Sabera, sir? It's um so we're payroll company. Oh, yeah, okay. payroll company. Okay. It's basically a Mexican ADP. That's how okay. I describe it. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So you were working there. Yes. How did you and Chris meet? Was was Chris one? Was he a vendor for you? Were you his client? Yeah, he he was the client of the company. He was not my client. I had nothing to do with his account or with his business. But 
one day he came to the office and he was like very upset <laughs> slash angry. Because, not at you. Not, not, at not at me. Not at me. I was angry at him, but <laughs> I'll get to that. So he was he was upset uh, because he needed some information for one of the the employees that was requesting. He didn't have the answers, and he was like trying to get the answers from us. Nobody was responding. There was like a, this language barrier, and and it, he was getting very frustrated. So me on my end, I was very busy that day, and I was like. Um, ¿Quién <laughs> So I came and I'm like, what do you want? And then Mr. I'm super angry was like, hey, how you doing? So he changed his tune pretty quickly. I definitely quickly. changed my <laughs> yeah, tune. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Okay. So there's a and weird, was like, like we don't know each me. other very well, but I could actually see that happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so if she came out of the back and you would be like, oh. <laughs> I was told he was like super angry and then I get this guy that he's just like, hey, how's, how's it going? <laughs> like, what do you want? Well, to put it into context, we were having a major issue with an employee and the laws in Mexico are very different. The employment laws in Mexico are very different than in the States. So like I, she's like saying that we're not doing all these things. She said that we're not paying our taxes and like all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how is this even possible? And so like the company that was managing Sabera Sarah, like I went there and like part of me is like, am I getting screwed over again by a company in Mexico? And so like, I'm already angry. And then the guy, the account manager that we had, who was horrible, <laughs> he ended up getting fired, but he didn't speak any English and he didn't know how to articulate anything. So like trying to communicate with him and he's just kind of like standing there, like just had this kind of like shit eating look on his face. <laughs> And he was just making me more angry. And then that's when they went and got her. And then it was like, yeah. yeah and her, then, her and then you kind of softened your uh, yeah, tone I, I a little bit. Yeah, I changed my tune. So was it love at first sight then at that point? No, God, no. Well, for me, <laughs> for me it was. For me it was, for her, no. I thought no. he was a douchebag. Because <laughs> after that, like he didn't come to the office. I've been working there for a year and he has never been in the office before. Mm -hmm. So after that, he kept coming like every Friday, every single Friday, he had a reason to come back. And then it was January and he would come with tank tops like to show his muscles. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? There were legitimate <laughs> questions. <laughs> they were, they were, they were. <laughs> but he might have, some of them might've been able to be answered in an email, but. And maybe no, not the tank top. <laughs> I needed to, yeah. And who, I don't need to wear sleeves. There's no law that says I have to wear sleeves. <laughs> But here's so, the big thing. Uh, sorry, I want to point out one more thing. The big thing is that she looks young. And so I didn't know how old she was. So I'm thinking that like, you know, maybe she could be like 30. Maybe she could be like 19. And if she's 19, she's not going to have anything to do with me. <laughs> so one of the ways that I found out how old she was is we were trying to create a retirement program for our staff here in Mexico. It's basically like never been done. It's like a 401k program. And so she pulled up the, these reports with herself. And on that report, it had her age. <laughs> so as I'm going through the, the report, and this is probably like on the second or the third meeting that we had. 
So as we're going through the report, I'm looking and it's like, ah, okay. So she's not that much younger than me. I mean, she's young. She's like nine and a half years younger than me, but it's, not like, it's not like 15 years younger than me. It it could have so then I was like, okay, I might have a chance. <laughs> All right. I love it. So, so Chris, you are already an established business person here in, in Tijuana and you meet Oyuki. She's a vendor. Uh, her company is a vendor of your company. Yep. And and so that's how it all started. Tell us, let's backtrack a little bit. You so before you before you meet Oyuki, the love of your life, love at first sight, mm-hmm. with your tank top and your bombastic gringo attitude. <laughs> tell tell us, tell our, our listeners, how did how did you make it into Tijuana in the first place? So why are you in Mexico? Yeah, so you know, I started a digital agency back in 2012, and you know, we started from nothing, and so our staff were in the Philippines. And that was good, you know, for a little while. And the time change with the Philippines being 15 hours ahead of us on the West Coast, it was just killing me. So I was like, we got to find somewhere else. I'd moved to San Diego in 2013. I was like, I bet you I can find people down in Mexico. So I actually ended up partnering with somebody. And we, our plan was to replicate my agency in the States and start find, selling to businesses in Mexico, you know, website, marketing programs, that sort of thing. So this person that I had partnered with at the time, he was the one, he had a, a import export company in Mexico and he was an American guy. And so he is the one who actually set us up with Severa Serra. Okay. And, and that was 2015 and I didn't even go into the office. I went to the office, I think once prior to meeting her. And so long story short, the agency that we were trying to start in Mexico just failed miserably. I ended up retaining all the employees that we had uh, been using at the time and just put them to work 100% for my my own American agency. And, uh, you know, we grew that from there. And then I launched the Dude, essentially, which is the outsourcing company that we use to help other agencies get access to talent in Mexico. And uh, yeah, that's basically, you know, the short, the short version of that's it. Now we've got version. like, you know, 40 something people that we, that we employ and uh, we work with agencies all over the US and Canada. That's awesome. Yes. All right, so we have the backstory. We know how you guys met. Now take us through. So, Oyuki, you're working at Sabera Said. You're like, who is this weird gringo coming in? He's coming in every Friday with tank tops. All right, now you are currently the head of HR and the head of finance for Dude. So, so what happened in between? <laughs> so I... The first thing I guess is that I quit my job because I was like, what I wanted to do there, like I presented a plan at the beginning of the year and it, they didn't follow through. Like they, we were always like putting down fires. That's a bear, sir. Yes. So I got tired of that. So I quit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was really, really miserable. And Chris was like, just quit. Like just quit. And figure so out at, what- th- at this point, you guys are dating. Is that correct? Yeah. Oh, we just friends. Together, like in month one. Oh, wow. Okay. Very, very fast. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Awesome. So you guys are dating, you're living together. You're still working at Sabera Ser. Yes. Things are not going so well there. You kind of hate your job. It's just not giving you fulfillment. Yes. You quit. Then what? Um, then I started working with an agency in the U S uh, as a project manager. I did a lot of trainings and I started just uh, working there like from Mexico, but like supporting them. That's how I, that's the, like the first approach I had to like marketing, digital marketing, because I really like never in my life before 
even read about it. So then last year, like last year was like a hard year for both of us. A lot of things happened since I think like since December, 2018. Yeah. And our, like, I was unemployed. No, 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 I actually, no, I was working with them, with the digital agency. I had just started working with this digital agency and then my father died mm-hmm. and I, I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know how to face it. So everything changed in my life, everything. And like starting this new relationship, I had never lived with anybody before either. That was also a challenge for us as a couple. And everything was, everything was unstable for me. Like I was going through grief. Our relationship was going through this challenge. I had no like clear path career wise. I was like, it was, it was hard. And I asked Chris to let me come work at the office, like do my own work, but in the office, because if I kept working from home, uh, I, I, I was just not making any progress. Mm-hmm. It was, mm-hmm. it was, it was very heavy lonely. Right? and lonely and hard. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was very easy to get like, like for Chris was also challenging, like having a partner that is going through all of this also, it's obviously like really hard for him too. Uh, we did therapy, like I did therapy, he did therapy, we did therapy together mm-hmm. to get through it. And he now, was very reluctant, reluctant, reluctant. reluctant to have me working at mm-hmm. the company, which for mm-hmm. me at that point made a lot of sense because I, I've always been a great employee. I've never thought like and doing, being an entrepreneur, like it's not never been my thing or my goal. But I've always been a great employee. Every single employer has always loved me because I am reliable and I am very um, good at my job. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very smart. <laughs> so, <That's true. laughs> so I was. It, it made sense for me, and I saw that he had issues that I could help with. But mm-hmm. he was like, uh, "I don't think we should mix this." So the idea of mixing business with pleasure was not something, Chris, no, that you were open I to. It, I fought it tooth and nail. Like wow. I, okay. I so, so what were some of your reservations about that, Chris? I just didn't want to like, you know, I'm, I'm a business owner and I'm fairly stubborn and I want things done a certain way. And I didn't want to get into an argument about work and mm-hmm. have it spill over into the personal. Stuff. Yeah. I didn't want our relationship to be tainted with stupid work stuff. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. was like, nah, it's, it's better if we keep the two separate, you know? So. I've heard I've heard that before actually. <laughs> <laughs> the story is pretty the, pretty much the same at our end. I had brought it up and uh, and then through a family crisis we we ended up deciding to to do this. Right. But 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 I want to get back to what you guys are saying. So so Oyuki, you know, you're you're going through all this <laughs> stuff, a super challenging time in your life you're looking for for answers you're looking for support you have this new newish relationship i don't know how long you guys have been together at that point but sounds like it was fairly newish a together no yeah over a no, year it was like nine months oh okay so a year nine nine to twelve months together you go through this major 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 life change mm-hmm. the loss of your dad chris i know you also experienced 
loss at a young yep. age when you when you lost your dad to cancer. Yep. How did you guys how did like your experience of losing your dad, how was that maybe similar or different to what you were going through or Yuki and, and how did you guys kind of support each other through that, especially with therapy and then and then this idea of working at his office, how did that all kind of play out? I'll answer your part of it. So, you know, my experience going through my dad dying of cancer was super, super hard for me. And obviously like my experience is different from her experience, but I did know what it was like to lose somebody, you know, and in some small way, I knew that how that, you know, basically rocks your entire world to the core. And so I kind of anticipated what was going to happen in terms of like the emotional ups and downs and kind of like the uncertainty. Mm -hmm. So I tried to prepare her as best as I could, as well as myself for what was going to happen. And it was, you know, I knew it was kind of all up in the air. Like I didn't know what was going to happen. Maybe she would just say, you know what, I need to be by myself. I want to go on my own. You know, I'm going to go travel forever or whatever. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I was just kind of mentally preparing myself for all the uncertainty that was going to come. And I yeah. tried to be supportive of, of her. I think a lot of the times it didn't come through well, <laughs> but I did the best that I could. And like the one thing that I tried to talk to her about was the importance of going to therapy. Because for me, I basically wasted two entire years of my life being stubborn and not wanting to talk to somebody about all these crazy emotions that I was having going through my head. Mm -hmm. And I, if there was anything that I could do is I wanted to save her or help her go through that grieving process with the help of a, uh, of a professional. Because for mm -hmm. me, if I didn't go through that process and speak to somebody who knew what they were doing, I probably wouldn't be here today. So I, that's a huge statement to say, to say that, Hey, if I don't get help right now, I may not be here tomorrow. Yep. And I think that, you know, not, not to veer totally off course, but you know, in, in today's, in, in the situation that we are facing, that we are living in today with so much anguish and anxiety and, and uncertainty, mm -hmm. we all need a little bit of help, right? I mean, we could all use a, 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 a personal a lending ear, somebody to, to tell a story to, to, to feel comforted from and to get clarity and perspective from. So I think that making that commitment to yourself that, you know, Hey, I need, I need help. I need to talk to somebody. That's huge. That, yeah. that is, that is a huge first step. And I'm saying that also from personal experience, uh, prior to starting Proofpoint, I went through a, a very deep period of, of, of depression and anxiety related mm -hmm. to the, the family crisis that we went through yeah. and I got help and I, and I agree with you, Chris, I think if I didn't get help, I probably wouldn't be here today either. So I not only sympathize, but I empathize with you and I, and I applaud you for being the kind of partner to Oyuki to giving her that, that sort of, not the permission, but sort of the, what's the word I'm looking for? The support to say, hey, this is okay. And this is something you should do. So yeah, kudos to you guys for doing that, not only for yourself, but together and for each other. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, let's, let's get back. This is such a fascinating and awesome story. And we didn't know any of this. And it's, it's amazing to hear this. So Oyuki, you're going through this super challenging, terribly emotional up and down situation, going through therapy, you've got your relation all the while your relationship is is strong. Is that is that a good is that a good 
nope, nope. To say, no. Okay. Okay. So the relationship is not Rocky strong. is an understatement. Yeah. Rocky, wow. Okay. So tell us what, you know, whatever you're comfortable, share with us. We want to know. So yeah, everything like in, inside of me, everything, I had so much anger, like not wasn't just like, the, and everything happened this year. Like my, my father loss wasn't the only loss I experienced in a year period. Uh, ver, uh, like was months and months of bad news. Mm-hmm. And, and this is this is in 2018 you said 2019. right 2019 okay. yes like when on on november the 2nd on it's day of the death in mexico mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and on 2018 i put on uh anotar and the only person that we had as a family to put on was chris's father Mm-hmm. by november the second next year i had like six people there it was wow. it was it was like very hard yeah there was a uh, friends that passed our dog got cancer and we oh had my gosh her down it was hard so i had so much anger and i didn't know how to handle it mm-hmm. so i would even Chris, I understand now that he was trying to help, but it was very frustrating for me that he didn't understand that what he understood as help wasn't what I needed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That I was like, no, I need you to just hold me. Don't say anything, just hold me. And he would be giving me solutions, giving me like, you should do this and you should do that. And it's like, that's not what I need. <laughs> This, this all sounds very, very familiar. It was exactly what you Yes, and it was it, that, like, that was a constant thing. Also, that before, like, I started therapy before my father died. Mm-hmm. Like, I had been in therapy in 2012. And then when we, when we got together, I realized that they, I had things to work on. And I was on therapy before my father died. I was working on things to heal my relationship with my father. And my father then, then died while I was in therapy. Yes. So a bunch of things got like to like to square one. So at this point, are you are you working? Do you have a job? Are you working in the at the dude office? What's what's your work I was situation? Well, you were working with the with the agency for a little while, mm-hmm. and then when did that end? In July. July? Just okay. right before my birthday, yeah. So her father died in January. January, mm-hmm. January 11th. So this is ironic, is that my dad died on January 10th, 2007. Wow. Her father died on January 11th, 2018. 19. 19. Wow. Wow. 19. So, yeah, like all those dates uh, were hard already for him. And like, it, it just got like super messy. Super, super messy, super quickly. So yeah, our relationship like was, we were fighting very often and we're like huge fights and like we had to learn how to communicate first as a couple and like as a new couple because yeah, we were together for like, we got together in May 2018 and all of this happened between December and October 2019. So wow, it was, wow. It was, it was a very new thing for both of us. It was like just rocking the boat since the beginning. <laughs> it was definitely a lot to deal with at one time. Yeah. And I think Absolutely. looking back, you know, definitely, I think guys in general, like we always try and solve the problems 
you know, this is not, I'm not the first person to say this. The guys always try and solve the problems. Women a lot of times want to talk about the problems and just want to be heard, which is kind of relevant to today where people just want to be heard and everybody's trying to like shout solutions. It's just like, <laughs> shut the fuck up, just fucking listen. <laughs> and that's basically what I had to learn myself, but you know, I didn't see it at the time and I'm giving solutions and I still do this. I give solutions even when I'm not trying to give solutions. <laughs> Right. It's just, I, it's I, a habit. I to just keep your mouth shut and just be like, Hey, that's okay. Like, you know, just sit there, like, listen, still it's, something I'm not very good at. I will admit <clears throat> that I'm still working on that part of it, but uh, you know, now I recognize what the big problem was. So a lot of those arguments, <clears throat> like most things, hindsight's 2020, if I could go back in time, I would have done them a lot differently. Yeah. But just all in all, it was, it was a very challenging time. Like sometimes it was like one day to the next, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and during this time, Chris, I mean, dude is still relatively young, right? I mean, two years, right? At this point, two years old? Yeah, I started it in 2017 and basically morphed my agency into dude around that time. Once I Mm -hmm. proved that dude was possible, I stopped taking on agency clients. We had over 200 and something agency clients. And I was like, you know what? We're just going to continue to service these people. I believe in dude. We, you know, we'd gotten it to six figures pretty quickly. Uh, We'd gotten dude to six figures pretty quickly. And then it started to take off in 2018. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I, you know, I was basically running that company, but there was still a lot of uncertainty. It had grown so fast that, you know, for us, even like every month was, was way different than the month before we went from five to 29 employees in 20, you know, so that was massive growth and I'm not a very good, you know, I didn't know anything about hiring and we were kind of like inventing things on the fly. So like we're inventing the relationship kind of on the fly and then we're running the company at the same time on the fly. So then when the 2019, when all the, you know, really difficult things started to happen with our U for our Yuki and our relationship and stuff, that's when I had to try and figure out, you know, internally as well, how I was going to manage everything, you know, mm-hmm, because. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes now, now the pieces of the puzzle are starting to make a little bit more sense. Why your reservation about bringing Oyuki into the office, not even working for dude, but just working in the office. Cause on, on one hand you have this still, you know, now you're not, you're not a, you know, rookie entrepreneur. You've, you've been around the, the block, but, but you have a, a young company that's, massively growing fast quick paced you, you you're just you're just exponentially growing you're doing this in another country which yep. by the way i want to get into that a little bit about about um starting a business in another country do you i take it that you don't speak spanish very well or you're still that's still, still learning i can still get learning by. okay yeah, okay but at, but, the, at the same time running a business in a foreign language where you don't have that same command that you do in English, that's challenging. Yeah, absolutely. Then you're, com- <laughs> and then you're compounding that with this beautiful relationship that is very strained yeah. with just, so, so the dichotomy of that, of your business taking off, but your relationship being somewhat, like you said, rocky is an understatement. That is a pressure cooker. I mean, how did you guys, one of the things that we always ask on, on the podcast is about communication, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you guys touched on that a little bit. You touched on the fact that your <coughs> communication wasn't syncing up, you know, what, what Oyuki needed wasn't what you were able to give her at that time. And, and then it took you guys some time to kind of realize that and figure that out. So 
you know, now that you are working together, and I want to close that loop and finish the story to get to that point, but now that you are working together, your relationship is good, you're engaged. Talk to us about communication. What does that communication between the two of you look like, both at home and at work? Yeah, I'll add just one other thing, the cultural differences too, you know, because she's, she grew up in Mexico her whole life, never lived in the States, well, for no longer than a couple months, mm -hmm. right? So there's just a lot of cultural differences between us as well that we had to figure out. And I, you know, like things that you just don't really assume or that you know that is an issue, like it's just different. Like, give that us an example. Well, I think the excess thing is probably one yeah. thing that's a big difference. So in, in the United States, at least in my experience, it's it's not uncommon for people to be friends with their exes. Okay. Right? In Mexico, the expectation is that when somebody is an ex, like they're excommunicated from your life, like forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, I'm just accustomed to like, like talking about exes or, you know, like still friends with them or whatever. And she's like, what is wrong with you? This is outrageous. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, but all, that, that also comes to the point, like I was dealing with my own issues. Like I had to go to therapy and see why this is bothering you so much. To the right. point that like, until I could get to a point to tell him, hey dude, like I understand you can do whatever you want and it's fine by me. Like I trust you and I know. This is the main thing when it comes to communication and to fixing, this is what for me fixed our issues like in the work and in our relationship is to acknowledge that we are in the same team, mm -hmm. that we are, we are both looking for the same results. Mm -hmm. We're working towards the same goals. So sometimes we, we still disagree, obviously. And I have often, I have learned to step, uh, stand back, uh, step back, sorry. And realize like, okay, I do not agree what he is thinking, but I see how he thinks that this is going to lead us to that goal. That is mm -hmm. what I want to. So that has, that, that was an, an eye opener for me because, and, and this happened after our, we had to put our dog down mm -hmm. after going through that together. Like, I don't know that, that I felt like for this happened in October. So I feel like all the 10 months before that, I was like all alone, suffering my own pain. Mm -hmm. And when that came in, I re recognized it as it was the, the two of us. I also had to deal with my insecurities that I am not alone and I deserve to be in a loving couple uh, partnership and like all of these things that now make sense and make life way easier and happier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and then for me, one of the things was actually when we started working together, that was like a big turning point for me, you know, because it started to see how much I needed her and how much she can like help in the business. And then on the other side, she started to understand how unbelievably difficult it is to be an owner, to, to run the company, you know, because like looking at it from an outsider's perspective, is one thing. I don't think that you truly understand how difficult it is to run a company until you actually run a company, until you start something from nothing and you invest all your time and energy and money and all these people are relying on you. Like you might think you know, but you don't really know until you actually do it. Once she started to see how unbelievably challenging it was and just the things that 
I go through and every business owner goes through on a daily basis, like literally solving problems every single hour sometimes. I think she, she also started to have a deeper understanding and appreciation for what I do. Mm-hmm. And then our conversations like, you know, changed a little bit. And I felt like I got a, a bit more support from her mm-hmm. and understanding. And like when I have to do something that seems crazy, you know, like working on a Saturday and a Sunday all weekend. Now she's like, oh yeah, now I understand. Whereas prior to her working in the company, it was like, you know, she do, he doesn't allow time for me. He's, he's taking away time from us together and I'm second, you know, in the relationship and that sort of thing. And so us working together really, really solved that problem, in my opinion. Yep. So I am absolutely loving all of these things that we're uncovering about you guys working together because our previous guests and, and a couple of the other guests that we have lined up started the business together. So they, they, they were, you know, husband and wife or partners, and then they started the business. In your case, I love that we're looking at this totally differently. You know, you guys, you were already a successful business owner. Oyuki, you're coming in, you're learning about the business. You're, you're getting sort of firsthand entrepreneurial knowledge from your boyfriend and those challenges that you guys had to figure out. I think that's brilliant. I, I loved that you shared that with us. And I think a lot of other people that are in that similar boat are going to probably really resonate with that. And, and Mike's, Mike always said something, and, and Mike, I'm going to let you say it because you're, you're better at saying this than I do. But Mike has this, this thing that he says, whenever, whenever somebody asks us, oh, I could never work with my spouse, or I don't know how you work with your wife or your husband. You know, Mike, you have this brilliant thing that you say. So why don't you say I that? I do? Uh, yeah. What, what is it? I don't even know what it is. Dance, um, Mickey, dance. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, uh, say, you say that the best person to work with is oh, your love. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I guess the, the, my response generally is, you know, if, if you can't, you know, trust is a huge thing when it comes to having a business partner. And if you can't trust your significant other, your spouse, your fiance, whatever it may be, you've got a whole different set of issues. So, yeah, you know, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do it with anybody else at this point. The, so the question I have for you guys, for both of you is, you know, Oyuki, you're, you know, at work, you're an employee at home. You guys are partners. Chris, on the flip side, at work, you're the boss, you're the CEO, but at home, you guys are partners. Like tell, tell us how that, how that works. Like, how do you navigate that divide first i'm the boss at home (laughs) (laughs) no 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 um pretty much (laughs) i think there is there is i was watching the other day uh stand up by chris rock okay and he was saying that uh sometimes like being in a relationship it's like being in a band and that sometimes you're gonna be the lead singer and sometimes you're gonna play the tambourine and when you're playing the tambourine you have to smile (laughs) Nobody, nobody, wants that. See, nobody wants to see a sad tambourine player. So it, that, that's a lot of like, I understand this is his project and this is his, his baby. And I am happy to contribute to that. But mm-hmm. it's that it's a contribution from my side. Mm-hmm. I know that there are other things that I want to do and he is going to support or he does support me. So it's just like understanding that sometimes you are on the driver's seat and sometimes you're not. And in the case of the company, that's, that's what happens. Well, my management style is I try not to be very authoritarian. Like I don't try to believe that I have all the answers. 
Except when very... you're angry, right? What's that? Except when you're mad. It's <laughs> a different story. But I don't get mad at her. Like no. I get mad at other stupid things. But yeah, so like in the company, I know that I have limitations about things. Like there's some things that I just suck at. Like the things that she does. Like I'm not very good at the things that she does. HR and finance, I'm terrible at it. And likewise, there's other things that she's not very good at, like sales and marketing and some of the other like CEO level, like vision type of things. Like it's just not her strong suit. doesn't mean that she's better than me or worse than me at anything. Like we're equal. Mm-hmm. So I do my best to lean on all of my leadership team to, for them to give me the advice that we need so that we can grow as a company. And everybody's very clear as to where we're going. And we were just, you know, this past week when we were doing some planning in terms of what we need to do to get to our next, like, growth point, our, our next level, you know, like our next goal. And so, I, I, you know, I need her. I need her to help support the team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at home, there's a lot of things that I just don't really care about. Like, whatever she wants to do, like, I don't care. <laughs> you want to buy that rug? I don't care. Buy it. What does it matter? It's your, it's your spot, but you know, and, and I try to take that kind of like approach at the office, but it's just, it's, I have a different role at, in the company than I do at the house. So. Mm-hmm. I love, I love everything that you guys have said. I want to backtrack a little bit just so that we can close the loop on the story. So tell tell, connect the dots for us. How did, how do you guys get from, okay, 20, 2018 and 2019 were kind of like the worst years of your lives. <laughs> business on one hand is growing tremendously. On the other hand, personal stuff, we already talked about that. Therapy, l- tremendous loss. Oyuki's still looking for a job. She was working with an agency. How did you guys get from all that to now Oyuki being um, a member of the leadership team of your company? I can do this one. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, being an American, working in Mexico is challenging. Like there's a saying down here called the gringo tax. And it basically means that when American asks for anything, you're going to pay more. And I've been screwed over many, many times (laughs) down here. And so just finding somebody to trust was like unbelievably difficult. And the company was evolving too. So we we needed new skills from our team members. We needed new leadership. We needed all of these things. And frankly, I didn't have anybody else to go to. Like I trusted her and I was like, I need your help. Like I can't do this without you. And so she was like my second pair of eyes, you know, and also ears too, because she can hear things. And I, because I don't speak Spanish. Now she's like, Hey, this person's talking and saying these things, whatever. And so I just started to see the value of all the things that she brought to the table. And little by little, we started to integrate her into the company. And at first, we said that she was a consultant. Um, <laughs> she was the cheapest consultant out there because she was working for free. And and so and I was just doing recruiting, so like it was it wasn't that much time or like yeah that much. Oh, that much oh Yuki, you should um, you know file for some uh, back 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 pay. Back, back pay. <laughs> Trust me. So yeah, so she was just helping out little by little. And actually, there was an employee that we hired who was an assistant. She ended up suing us for wrongful termination, completely made up story. So like going through this whole like legal system in Mexico with the, 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 the employment laws in Mexico are ass backwards. And so like I was having to learn about that. And we were like going through this lawsuit. And I was super angry. And so she was helping with that. And there was like all these other things that she started to help us out with. 
And so little by little, you know, her role started to grow. And, you know, likewise, she's learning from me and like the things that I do. And da, 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 da. <clears throat> So then I think it was in, was it in January that we just made it official that you were the director? Yes. Yeah. So yes. then in January. So December, I started working with the finances because yeah. it, it like, we started to take uh, over. Yeah. Oh, the other thing that you guys probably don't know is I ended up getting rid of a partner just this past February. Wow. That okay. Started, that's a big one. Started in November. So we started to, to make moves to get everything into place back in November so that, you know, if this partner were to leave or if he were to have to leave, then uh, we started having things in place. And that's when she really started to dig into the, the nuts and bolts of the company. So, yeah, so that's basically that's when, when I started like full time on the company. It was the finances. I was already doing some of HR, but like, very consulting yeah. like well you came up with like some processes and stuff. And yeah. Like, yeah but on november is when i started like digging into and and i started like telling him hey why why is this being done like this and it has been really good yeah it has you took over that role so then yeah january we had a horrible december it was unusually bad usually december is like one of the best months for us or i should say easy, easiest month and yeah. And so then December was really, really challenging. And then in January, I just like made the decision Well, in December, I made the decision, like, we are not doing things the way that we were before, because it's just not possible. Like, we're not going to make it if we continue to do things like this. So I made I gave her the leadership role, I promoted somebody else to a different another leadership role. And we just started moving some pieces in the company so that we could, you know, move out some people that didn't need to be here anymore, and then bring in some people that we that we needed. And, uh, you know, rough transition going through those couple months for, for the staff, not, you know, some, it was kind of tough for us too, but we knew what was happening. We knew where we were going. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's been fantastic. And like now we're just on a whole different trajectory than we were, you know, five months ago. So that's awesome. Really really good. Yeah. So talk a little bit more about that. So, you know, as you're transitioning into this role, how, how did the existing employees take it? How, How did you... How were you, how did you manage that? that well, there's a, there's a cultural component to it as well, right? This thing of uh, Mexican machismo is very, very real. And our company core values have always been that everybody is equal. Like, I don't care if you're man, woman, gay, straight, brown, white, purple, whatever. I don't care what you are. If you can deliver and exceed the expectations of our customers, then you're going to, then you're going to progress really, really fast. And in January, I had a meeting and I told everybody like, this is where we're going. I don't care how long you've been here. You're either on board with it or you're not mm-hmm. and you're going to struggle. And so we were willing, actually we knew the people that were going to be pushed out because those are the ones that we didn't want to have anymore. Anyways, what was kind of strange or unsettling at the time is that some of these people were very well respected in the company, mm-hmm. not because of their skill level, just because of the, you know, Oh, they're older, they're male, they're, you know. The way they portray themselves. Yeah, exactly. Like, they, they know how to sell themselves. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so we, we just knew that when they left, there was going to be some turmoil and some uncertainty. And also her being promoted, actually one of the guys, two of the guys who left, yeah. said that they left because of nepotism. They have an exit <laughs> survey, and then they were all there, like, nepotism, okay. Yeah. Right. And that, yeah. that's kind of like a lesson for anybody like who, if you have somebody in the employee that you know, isn't a good fit, but they have some sort of control over other staff, 
like you just know that they're going to make a, they're going to cause a fit. But the only reason why that person <clears throat> has such a dominating role in the company is because all the other staff don't know what's better. Mm. And so as soon as these people left, it didn't take very long for everybody to realize, yeah, that person actually really sucked at their job yeah. and life is way better now. Yeah. You know, so like <clears throat> on the HR side, you know, like me out of that role, which I did very, very poorly for, you know, 2017, 2018, now people don't have to come to me and I'm not a bottleneck. They can just go straight to her and talk to her about anything. And like the way that she's been able to define the roles in the company and what this determines what's an entry level versus a mid-level versus a senior versus like, here's the growth plan. Now they have all of that, which is what people have been asking for for years. And I'm just not good at it. Like I yeah. suck at that stuff. So she was able to take all that stuff off of our shoulders. And now the people that are with us, they value her as well. They don't see her as a threat. They're like, this is somebody who's on my side. And then of course the company's growing like crazy too, which is great. That's so what about awesome. onboarding? What about onboarding uh, new people? So the reason I'm asking the question is my first <laughs> job out of, out of college was for a husband and wife owned agency as well. And it was God awful. Like yeah. they weren't really good at communicating. They, from our, mo people didn't even know that they were husband and wife until a couple of months in. And then it was, it was, they just made it very, very awkward for everybody. So like, how do you guys uh, get I, through that with new people? I don't have data on this, but I think that most husband and wife companies are just poorly run. But I also think that most agencies in general are poorly run too. <laughs> so I don't think the husband and wife thing makes a big difference. I think that like in the agency world, a lot of the times you have people that are creatives, right? And some creatives don't like structure. They don't like the actual running the business side of it. A lot of agency owners are salespeople and those people don't like to like manage operations. They don't value the operations side of it. And in this business, operations is so important because that's where you make or lose all your money. So I think that we're a little bit different just personality wise in like who we are as owners too. So that's definitely helped. But like on the new employee side, you created that whole program. So Yeah. Well, I never mentioned like I am a fiance of the owner or anything like that. I, you know, I, I like they like it's not a secret for anybody, and like especially when we are at the office. Like right now, we're working from home, so it's probably a little bit different. But we're we're just we're, like we come in together, we're, like we leave together. Like it's not a secret, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I don't mention it or I like I don't ex like explain to anybody. We do have like we do have a very thorough, thorough, yeah. <laughs> I heard some words that I don't know how to pronounce. Your English is fantastic, so don't, yeah. It's much better than my Spanish, so don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> I think, but our, our process for recruitment, like we have seven different steps. We, That's wonderful. We, we do have like a written interview, a phone interview, an in-person interview, a psychometric test, technical test, like a harder technical test. Mm -hmm. And and this so, is something that you put together for the, like, as, as, as an employee, this was your mastermind, so to speak. Yes. What I, what I, uh, what they already had, I just like add things to it and, okay. it and I made it like made some sort of structure. And so, so Chris, would you say that there's a, a significant difference from the folks that you've hired versus the folks that Oyuki has hired based on the process that she established for the company? Well, I can tell you that every asshole we've hired, I hired them. <laughs> so, so yes, the there you need right there. 
yeah. so so clearly oyuki you were meant to take this role and what what i find interesting what i what i wanted to talk a little bit about is you're doing both finance and hr yeah and to me those two roles are like as different as you can come because yes. hr is really about the people the culture establishing protocols and procedures and guidelines and and creating you know a safe place for people to work whereas the finance is like okay are we profitable did we make money where are we losing money where can we button things up so how do you reconcile the two you know and and, and how do you switch hats between those two types of roles i do try to do one day for finances one day for hr like on the week like Monday, uh, Monday, I'm going to work on finances. I didn't know that. Tuesday, I'm going to, yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows this. So I'm always getting like questions <laughs> from the other things. But like the, the size of the company, it's not unmanageable yet. Mm -hmm. I know it will be. And we have already planned on mm -hmm. our split. Yeah. To have, and, and to have like more positions, like either in finances or HR. Also that having like very structured procedures for hiring for instance like i know uh, like i know exactly what step they are in and and like if, if i'm going to do interviews i'm just gonna do interviews on monday so i spend all monday doing that so i don't have to be like jump from one interview to a bank statement and stuff like that right, right. so that's one thing and the other it's that like by coincidence or like this is what I have worked on. Like I have been working for the control office of a um, very big company, 4,000 employees company. I've been working, I also work in HR for them. Like they switched me to a different department and I've worked like my, my whole career has been like jumping between these two, like finances and HR finance. Like I've so never it was, it was a very natural, very yes. natural thing for you to just kind of, you saw that there was a need, you saw that these two things were, were areas of, of dude that needed a little bit of love, needed a little bit of attention. And you came in and bam, you just from day one. Yes. I, I knew since before, when I was looking from outside, I knew that there were ways to do things better when he was like getting very frustrated or very like, uh, this is not working out as I planned. It was for me like, well, you're doing it wrong. But <laughs> I was not working there yet, so I couldn't just like move. No, I'll do it. The bigger problem was that me being stubborn and stupid. Yeah, that was the problem. Yeah, that also that also had a lot to do. He uh, did a training on last year, I think December, and he like figured out that he needed to step back from the positions that he was not. Yeah, Russ Perry, who started Design Pickle, I was mm -hmm. doing some coaching with him. And like the first thing that he said is like, you need more leaders. He's like, you're trying to do too, way too much. And then yeah. he showed me like this, a structure and da, 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 And I was like, oh yeah, now it all makes <laughs> And then he Tell came me. back to Tell me. us a little bit more about that. Oh, um, like what, what is your, what is a leadership team? What was it? What did it look like before? And what does it look like now? And how has that, how has that helped? Well, if you have an org chart, you have, you would have me at the bottom and then you would have everybody else on the same line. <laughs> that was our org chart which was horribly inefficient and me being a person who is obsessed with efficiency i realized that like it was like a major problem and that was one of the big things that was holding us back because if you you know you if you um look at the major roles right oh and i, I want to say something really quickly is that 
you know, she is doing finance and HR and just where we're at in our company and the type of company we are and the fact that we're so reliant on people and finding good people, it's actually a very good, like perfect fit right now to have her managing both because she sees the number side of it and the importance of, of how that relates to our growth by having good people. Mm -hmm. have a plan though, obviously to split those into two different roles later on down the road. But when you look at, so getting back to your question about the organizational chart and the leadership team, you know, you have the CEO, you have like a COO, finance, HR, customer experience, and uh, marketing. marketing, and just like another like operational type of person. I guess C CEO and then an integrator is kind of like what they call the next one. I was doing all those. And if you say, you know, like if you give yourself a zero out of 10 or a one, like your score out of 10 in each of those roles, CEO, I'm like, you know, maybe like a seven. HR, I'm like a one or a zero. Accounting, I'm a zero. Customer experience, I'm maybe like a three. You know, so like if you look at like how I'm performing in all of those different roles and you just really like say, like be honest with yourself and be like, am I doing any of these well? Yeah. Then that should be the indicator that you have to make some changes. And so it was a very easy decision for me to put her in the roles of HR and finance because she knows how to do those things way better than me. Same with the customer experience director. She was basically our customer support person. And I was like, no, you need to be able to make these decisions on your own. Like, we'll give you a budget. We'll tell you the vision and where we got to go. Every month you're responsible for these metrics. One of those being like retention, which has been like unbelievably better. And so like, it did not take very long for me to see the, the differences in the performance of the company once I put these people in place. And then wow. now because I've seen the, 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 the impact that that has, I'm a big believer in like, you know, let's, let's bring in more leaders, you know, there's a, there's like a method to it. You know, we're not just going to like hire anybody off the street, but now I also am able to do my, my job better as a CEO and establishing vision now that I have all these other people supporting me. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I know that, you know, you mentioned this in the, the dude summit that Russ Perry is a very influential person for you that you listened to him and, and how he started design pickle. And yep. that's how you had the idea for dude. So I know he's somebody that you really, I, I don't, do you guys have a personal relationship or? Yeah, you know, he's yeah. Like a friend. I sent him a message the other day. So Mike, to answer your question, like I started doing some coaching with Russ. We started back in December. There was like a one day event that he had in Phoenix that I went out and that was like light bulb. Like I got all, basically all the value that I paid him in that one session, I could have just like this, like, okay, that's it. I'm good for the next three months. But I, <laughs> you know, we, I went through with the next three months of uh, the program working with him, which was fantastic as well. Got a ton more value from him, but our businesses are very different. And she kind of tells me this all the time. And I read one of her favorite books recently called the black swan. Is it mm -hmm. the black swan or black swan? Black swan. Black swan. And it's not um, the, black swan, no. the black swan. It's not the one, it's not the, the movie with Natalie Portman. No. <laughs> um, but it's about, you know, like these outliers, right? So, you know, you have these events and in, people think that everything's kind of um, linear in that like things happen in certain steps. But a lot of things are not. Like there's some things that are not predictable unless you are predicting that things are going to be uh, unpredictable. And so I try, have tried for a long time to model my company after Design Pickle, but we're just two very different businesses. And Russ even said that to me as well once. 
And so there's a lot of things that work for him. And then there's a lot of things that don't work for me that he's doing. Mm -hmm. And so like now I know that I can lean on her to give me advice and to say like, oh yeah, that might work for them, but that's not going to work for us. And so like, I think, well, collectively all of the leadership team, we are able to come up with solutions to problems that are very unique to us. Because design is very, very different from just doing development. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different things that we have to invent to make sure that our clients are happy. So, so, so then it's very, it's very obvious to say that your initial hesitations of mixing business with pleasure were totally bunk and wrong, and now you're 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 on the side of yeah, let's do this. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I I think it's kind of like the solution will present itself to you when you're ready type of thing. You know, like having her come into the company at the beginning when we first got together would not have been the right thing. I personally needed to grow in a lot of different areas of my life. She also needed to grow in a lot of different areas for her. And then we just kind of came together at the right time. We used the force. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) I love it. So we talked a lot about work already. I mean, you know, you got similar to us, you guys work together, live together, do everything together kind of thing. What do you, what do you do to kind of create some form of separation? Like how do you, how do you get away from work? Right now? From work? Yeah. Um, I don't don't know if we ever truly get away from work, but. Yeah. When we go camping for like. Our vacations. Yeah. Or yeah, vacations. We mm-hmm. haven't taken any trips. We, we are stuck at coronavirus home right but, now. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. A lot of cooking. it's a lot of <laughs> cooking and dinner. Well, for time, me, for him, it's a lot of workout. I exercise. I'm yeah. Like, no. <laughs> but yeah, like in my like regular life, camping, it's our our outlet. Trips in general. So we that's take- kind of, like when you when you guys go on vacation or camping. That would you say that's kind of how you reconnect as a couple? Oh, we have date nights. Yep. I, I try and Mandatory make it a point. I try and make it a point to let her know how much I appreciate her every day. No, I don't do it every day. Sometimes I forget. But I think as long as I'm conscious about showing appreciation to her, then that ends up having a long lasting effect. That was one of actually that was one of my questions that I was gonna ask you is Oyuki, how how does Chris show you? that he appreciates you? Like, what are the things that you know that he does that just say, oh yeah, okay, I know he loves me? Oh my God, I think everything he does, like every action on every day shows that for me. But like, he does like super obvious ones, like leaving me messages on the mirror or leaving me. We have a label maker that he only for writing, like you are the best and putting it like everywhere in the house, which is really- use it for other things too, but that's- that's like, the main. That's a fun part. A fun part. <laughs> like a toy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I think what I, I there are things that I know that they are very hard for him. Like he he struggles a lot with empathy, and I know, like I know now that the response I want from him it's it's going to be very different from the response I get. But I learned to like appreciate that. Mm-hmm. When before it was like, oh my God, why, why, how, how is he so deaf in this, in this matter? But I learned to appreciate that. So uh, I, I do believe honestly that like every day, every day there's something he does that I feel loved 
and I appreciate it. That's wonderful. That's great. And and for sure, I can I can empathize with you because, you know, my mother's from South America and the South American culture is very warm and very like in your face and huggy, touchy, feely, kissy, kissy. You know, it's like very, very, you know, at, at like another level. And, the and Eastern European culture is like the anathema to that. It's is the is the, it, it's, it's, Mike is Russian. And I would always tell him, like, you have this iron curtain around your heart, you know, because he's so cold. But but I've I have also come to learn that like my love language, I don't know if that's something that you guys have taken yeah. that test. My love love language is very different than Mike's. And same thing with you, Oyuki, for me as well, is that the the response that I would want from Mike, I wasn't getting. But then as we've grown as a couple, and certainly as we've now our business partners, I can better appreciate and understand why his responses are the way they are. Yeah. So I think that's that's a huge, for us, that's been a huge benefit in our both our personal and our professional relationships is understanding each other's, you know, emotional needs. Yes. Well, I think we're gonna probably wrap this up because I honestly think we could we could spend the whole day talking to you guys. Chris, you have a wealth of knowledge and uh, expertise in starting companies and agency life, and we probably will have you guys on as an at another time to to, to dig in even further. We'll be in a year. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know what? We didn't even get to a chance to really dig into all these changes that you're making in the company, but it sounds like they're still in the infancy stage, and you're still working through these things out. So. Well, why don't we talk about? I mean, on one one of one of our kind of wrap up questions is, you know, what's the next big project? So I I, I know, just through our communication, you you've been working at Dude to Go. But what's I don't know if that's the next big project or if there's something else in terms of like the the major changes you guys are making. Um, well, there's always a few big projects, but the, the big one that we're working on right now is just this past weekend, we identified, we were talking to one of our friends who's like brilliant, brilliant CFO. He took a company public recently and he was like, what's the biggest bottleneck to, to you guys, you know, really accelerating the growth plan that you guys have right now. And we identified it's uh, you know, a pod leader, which is essentially a team leader that we provide to all of our clients. We need more of those people. If we had more of those people, then you know we could take on way more clients. That's the hardest role that we have to fill. And so we created a, a program essentially to identify more pod leaders, train them, bring them into the company, and have everything be you know like super profitable for us as well. So that's like what we what we're working on right now is rolling out that program. She's been interviewing people like crazy. I mean, we move very fast too, which I think can also be a benefit of you know, working with your significant other is that we come up with an idea, you know, we'll set aside time and we will bang it out. Like last Saturday, we came up with this idea. Well, we had the call, I think, when was the call with Alan? Friday. Friday? We had no, the call. No, no, I'm sorry. Uh, it was Wednesday, I think. We had the call with our friend Alan on Wednesday. We came up with the general concept on like Thursday or Friday. We started working on it on Saturday. Wow. Uh, margaritas were included. And uh, <laughs> we, we couldn't work anymore. I couldn't work anymore. <laughs> we had to take a break. And then we just, you know, Monday, we started hammering it really quickly. And we had the job posts up by Monday afternoon, I think, interviewing candidates already. The training program, we've pretty much got week one down. Yes. And we've got the general structure. We just got to fill in a lot of these little details. 
So is a pod leader sort of like a, like an account manager? Is that a similar type of role or? The way that I would describe it, so we assign our agencies to a team and uh, it's the same people working on your stuff every single time, which, which is great. And we give them one point of contact. So the, the pod leader is like the quarterback for all of your projects. So you have a project, you send it to your pod leader, they say, hey, this is gonna be ready by Tuesday. And then the pod leader is communicating with you every day and making sure that you know that you know what's going on and that sort of thing. So that pod leader person has to have a, uh, an understanding of design and development and digital marketing, and they have to be amazing at customer experience. So it's a very, very unique role. It's a unique personality, and she's done a fantastic job of identifying quantitatively like what it takes to be a good pod leader. So she knows how to go out there and find them, and then now we just have a process essentially where we have all these pod leaders that are in training and then we graduate them very quickly and then they start working on, you know, with clients and, and then. Yeah, know, because we, otherwise we, take we, the world. we are like each pod leader opens up 10 spaces for clients, like 10 spots for us to take on new, 10 new clients. So what we're trying to fix that here is that, so we, we want to have multiple pod leaders opening like gradually so we can take more clients at the same time yeah like a scalable growth plan for those pod leaders so so that's the big thing that you guys have identified as your your sort of big project at work is there something on the personal side that you guys are currently working on that you're comfortable sharing i know you guys are engaged and then of course with coronavirus how is a wedding still in the plans like what does that look like is that something you guys have talked about yeah, so we got engaged back in January. We actually kind of got into an argument like two days before that we were going to like, what is the problem? Why are you waiting so long? And I'm like, the ring is actually coming tomorrow. <laughs> what, no what, what is it? What is it with that? They always bring it up like literally right before you make the action. Yeah, exactly. That seems to happen all the time. Like if you would have only waited just like 24 hours. Maybe she, she, she knows like, you better not back out now. But yeah, so we got engaged in the end of January and then we actually found the venue right away and we were supposed to get married yeah. in October, but then coronavirus and everything, um, like, we, we ended up pushing it back. Two days before I went to do the down payment for the dress, they closed the border for tourist business, which is the visa app. So I, I'm not gonna get the dress on time. Oh. Well, she wasn't, but uh, now- yeah, we moved we moved the wedding because the dress is not getting here on time. So yeah. <laughs> Point. <laughs> the, the other reason we moved it is because forget the guests who can't guests come. The dress is the most important part. It doesn't matter about anything else. The dress. The dress looks like I'm here on time. Granted, that before we even got engaged, she was like, "I don't care about a dress or a ring." <laughs> or a ring. Go to the courthouse, and then I get the ring, and oh it's so God. pretty. Now I need a crown. <laughs> So what advice would you offer other partners, spouses, husbands and wife, we have significant others looking to start a business together? Therapy. Okay. Therapy. Like I think I, I've always, I, like since the first time I went to therapy in 2012, I thought everybody should do this and I don't understand why there is such a big taboo around it. But I do believe like every every major change in your life would be helped by therapy would like benefit from therapy a lot every major uh, step that you take like it's it's easier to process 
So either if it's like getting into a new, a new serious relationship, I'm not saying you should go therapy with a relationship, but like a new serious relationship or like moving in together, marriage or starting a company, obviously. I think therapy is a great tool and we can take more advantage of it. That's great. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And so like, the, from the guy's perspective, because guys, I think, often are more reluctant to go to therapy, don't think of it as some, you know, weakness. It's literally just learning new techniques to be able to deal with different situations. That's, all, that's the, basically what I got from my therapist the first time that I saw her after my dad died, she just gave me some tech techniques that I could use to manage all this crazy shit that was going on in my life. And so if you look at it from that point, it not only helps you with your relationship, but it helps you in your business too, because you're going to have these tools in your tool belt you can pull out whenever you have something difficult happen in business or personal life. So I second that for sure. My advice, and I actually got this from friends of ours who actually, they own a company here in Mexico too. But he pulled me aside one day, my friend Crispin, and he said, dude, she's right. Just, just, just know that she's right. So whatever that is, whatever that means to you, just know that most of the time she's probably right. Your friend is a very wise man. Oh, yeah. And I know we said we had two questions, but I actually want to end it right here because I think right. everything that you've said is brilliant. I love how you both echo each other on therapy and just being so on board with that. I love that little bit of piece of information from your friend. And so with that, thank you guys so much for being part of the Mixing Business Pleasure Mixing Business with Pleasure podcast. We thoroughly enjoyed having you on the show. We loved getting to know you guys. You guys have a phenomenal story. I hope that you guys use the, the power that you have as a couple more in your business and, and share that with other people because I think you guys have a brilliant story and just everything that you've been through in terms of your personal and, and your family, that has power and that resonates. And that's something that we've learned, Mike and I, as a couple that, you know, when you're going through shit, you can, you can use that really to fuel to fuel your your life and fuel things forward for you in a very positive way so we've really loved getting to getting to know you deeper chris and getting to meet your better half oyuki we would love to have you guys back on at some point in the future so so keep keep an eye out for for that and um thank you for all the wisdom that you've shared and all the all the truth that you've brought to this podcast because people need to hear that and it's, it's very powerful stuff and we wish you guys all the best. Uh, we can't wait to see photos from your wedding. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. And yeah, thank you guys again so much. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Mixing Business with Pleasure. We hope you'll join us next week as we feature another pair of co-founders who are also lovers and are proving that business and pleasure really do mix well together. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.